Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It is good to be in the house of the Lord in more ways than one. It's good to be here physically with you guys today and get into this word. But you know, it's good to be in the house of the Lord because we've been, we've been bought with a price and established in the kingdom of God. So guess what? When you get up tomorrow, if you've received the salvation work of the cross of Jesus, you're a part of the house of God still. This is an integral part and a command for how we live as believers, but that doesn't change tomorrow that I'm still a part of you. I heard one pastor say that there is a unity of the faith which we will not accomplish on this side of heaven. And I think that's part of God showing the power of his sovereignty, that there is a unity of the faith when you're going to show up and realize, wow, I don't even know any of y'all, but we're all in Christ. And I think some of y'all might even be surprised at who you see there when we get there, because sometimes we judge by our own standards rather than by what his word says. But we'll get in, we'll go, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into that a little bit more today. <laughs> oh man, the word is so good. Well, let's pray this morning over this word. Father, we are so grateful for the word today. We're grateful for the opportunity to gather as your people, to look into what it says about us and then say, man, that's what we need to align with. And we thank you that we align with it, not because of the ability we have within our flesh, but because of your grace and your sovereignty, Lord. We receive that in your goodness today. Thank you for this time, God. We bless, we bless our brothers and sisters down in Tampa who are celebrating another anniversary. Lord, what a joy that, that, that Pastor Savannah and Katie have to celebrate another year of being together in the kingdom of God, fulfilling your purpose. We speak a blessed, joyful celebration. Thank you that Pastor George and Suzanne get to go down there and celebrate with them and deposit another word into that house. Lord, we're grateful to be a part of everything that you're doing in your kingdom today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, pay attention. We got a lot to cover today. Really? Say, don't be trying to distract me with that text you just got or that update from your social media account. I'm trying to focus on the word today. All right, let's get into it. Well, it's time. I love that title. Pastor had... Uh, hit me up a couple, few weeks ago and said, hey, you know, I want you to preach on the, on the uh, 14th. I'm going to be out. And I didn't know what he was going to preach on. And if I can, when he's preaching, I try to dovetail so that we have continuity and I can kind of have like a little series that is created out of nowhere <laughs> because I follow the same title. And so I was excited when I heard this title, which is so simple, It's Time. And what he began to talk about last week in particular about the Lordship of Christ overall. And um. It literally landed right with what I wanted to talk about, which is it's time to answer the questions of our generation. It's time to answer the questions of our generation. And I have a, a, a tool I want us to use today, which I, I like to call the Genesis Roadmap. The Genesis Roadmap. There is a lot of information for the believer in Genesis in the first few chapters that are incredibly helpful, which get us on the right track. Um, 
There's a lot of questions going around in our culture, and I'm going to deal with some of those today. I'm going to actually deal with those lies in each section that we talk about and what God gives us in his word. And what are the lies that come against that very specifically? And so much of what we find ourselves questioning, looking at, going through, are answered as we look into those first three chapters in the word. And it begins beautifully, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That statement alone begins to set a tone that if you'll receive it, helps you understand better how day to day you're going to live. When you're in that place of confusion, when you're in that place of question, when you're in that place of how do I do this in this culture, which, good Lord, this year isn't a whole lot better, but last year was a hot mess. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's be honest. I can be, hey, praise the Lord, we were doing well. But I mean, if you look at the culture, let's call a spade a spade. It was what it was. It was a hot mess. Like turn the heat up even further, hot mess. And what do we do in the midst of it? Do we get in the place of turmoil? Oh my God, what do I do with all this? Or do I go back and say, Lord, what is, what is it that you say in the midst of all this? Not that I'm unaware of what's going on, but I'm more aware of what he has said about what's going on. I'm going to say it one more time because that was worth the trip from the house today. Not that I'm unaware of what's going on, but I'm more aware of what God says about what is going on. This is where we need to live, church. Okay? It's not about, oh, man, let me do some research study and see how I can be most relatable to everybody. No, it's how can I find out what does the Lord say? And then remember that Jesus says you're in, not of, and therefore you don't have the option to disengage. Hello? We don't have the option to disengage, but it is how I engage according to what the Lord has said. Okay, so we're going to go into a few of these, these, these questions that we have in culture. And I'm going to use uh, a little bit, I'm going to blend in a little bit of apologetics here today. There are four questions. If you ever study in apologetics, there's four questions really that every worldview has to answer. Okay, um, one that I used for years um, was, was the origin, meaning, morality, and destiny grid. Okay. It's basically these four questions are what every worldview, whether they say they believe God or not, at some point gets back to those four questions. But today we're going to use, where did I come from? We're going to use, why am I here? How do we live and what happens when we die? Okay. These are questions that are always on the front burner, even when it doesn't seem like it. See, in the midst of some of the craziness we experienced in the last year and a half, all those questions were right there in the midst of it. The issue is, are we going to stop for a moment and discern and listen and say, Lord, what do you want us to be saying in the midst of what's happening? Yeah. Okay? Again, I've said this many times. We as believers cannot drive our spiritual lives based upon public opinion survey. It's easier. It'll get you some more follows, likes, and whatever else you want to get off social media. It'll help you not be the mean Christian or the mean pastor. It'll go a little easier in certain settings and environments because you've kind of worked the room and figured out what happens. Come on, dude. Just take left, right, and center. All of our politicians, many of them. Man, they done changed positions 15 times. Why? It was politically expedient. It's not what was truth or what was my character based upon that truth. It was what was expedient. What kind of worked for me at that time. And that's not how we ought to live as believers. So I want to show you how, as we go into the word at the very beginning, we see God lay some foundation for us. And there's three areas we want to get into today. The first of those three is identity. Identity. 
I believe one of the most important as well as most front burner questions that's going on in our culture right now is that of identity. Okay? Here's what, here's what the principle is. We are created in God's image to reflect his glory as we experience his goodness. Okay? We are created in God's image to reflect his glory as we experience his goodness. That speaks of where I came from and whose identity is stamped upon me. Not me waiting to figure out, am I going to be able to, quote, find myself, right? It was more popular back in the more early days of the New Age period of, of people saying, hey, I want to find myself. But people are doing the same thing today in massive droves. Let me find myself. But the grid I'm using is my understanding. That's a bad idea. I don't care who you are. Actually, it's a horrible idea because it will be the same as me taking this tablet from its box, not looking at the directions. And hey, how many of y'all are direction people? Like you're gonna read them. You're gonna read the directions. All right, hands down. How many are YouTubers who are gonna go find out who will read the directions and then will tell me what the directions said on YouTube? <laughs> tell the truth, come on, that's probably most of y'all. That's definitely most of y'all who are under 25. Okay, you're going to probably not read the directions and go, by. I, I'm over 25 and I do that a lot of the times. Hey man, the YouTuber has now experienced it. Let me see what they got and go through it. But guess what both of those come back down to? What is supposed to be done with this device based upon its created design? We need to be more concerned with what are we supposed to be doing based on our created design and not simply what I kind of found based on my search, according to my finite understanding, rather than his infinite wisdom. Come on now, Genesis 1, 26 to 27 says this, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So the biggest identifier you have is that you are an image bearer of God. Yes. If you haven't heard it said this way, it's the Imago Dei. It is the fact that you bear God's image. This is why, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and step in it real fast. This is why, generally speaking, hate crimes legislation is a bad idea, biblically speaking. People are like, oh my God, what do you mean, Pastor Shane? I mean, you know, the history of discrimination, racism, and yeah, you gonna tell me? I'm half black, half Chinese, and an immigrant. I got a few in the bag, okay, I'm just saying. The reason why is because what it does is it grades whether or not each image bearer was of different value. Image bearer is it, period. The question we then come to is whether the image bearer has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, but we're gonna to get to that too, okay? Image bearer is primary, yeah. not my group. That's why you guys hear me say a lot of times, who is we? You know, we do that. Who is we? Are you more identifying with a particular group, a particular ethnicity, or do you 
identify as I'm an image bearer of God. And then upon salvation and redemption, I am in Christ. Period. Oh, I may have a little darker skin. Not, I mean, not a whole bunch darker. I'm a light-skinned brother, as we say. But whether you're on this shade, a little darker, a little lighter, the melanin sufficient and the melanin deficient, <laughs> whatever place you fall on the scale. Whether your Thanksgiving is like ours, which has like 12 meat dishes, or whether you got like one and one was good, you're like, what are you guys doing? I was like, what? I'm like, why do you only have turkey and ham? What are we supposed to do with that? We're supposed to have at least 10 more meat dishes at this Thanksgiving table, y'all. Come on, that's what we do. What, whatever. I don't identify more with those cultural elements than I do with that I'm an image bearer of God. Here's what it says in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. For he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Period. Forget your party or whoever else you're connected to. Him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. I got to pause there. We're talking about Jesus. So we now have the beauty of what God created in the beginning. The fact that even after sin, he creates redemption for us. And who's preeminent? Jesus was right there speaking that word. And so before you identify with anything else, identify with him. Before you identify yourself and connect yourself in any other way, be primarily identified as image bearer of God, redeemed by the blood and work of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll say it for myself if you don't say it. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. Boy, that's good. You're not having fun, I'm having fun. Oh, Jesus. Come on. That is our primary identifier. So what does the culture say to us? What is lies of the culture and the day that we live in? which have always been the same from the enemy. He just recycles them. Okay? I said the greatest, the greatest recycler of all time has been Satan himself. So he just uses the same trash over and over again. He uses the same trash every generation, repackages it over and over and over again. But mankind is still sinful and falls for it, and what we need is to turn to the Lord and receive the work he does for us. What are the lies that are told against these things today? We're separated by different identities other than simply being made in God's image. Those other things become primary, okay? We can choose our own identity as, if it, relates, as it relates to gender and sexuality. I can pick where I fall in the scale. That's why you have some universities that have up to 100 genders to be selected now when you fill out your forms. Hundred, bro. I don't even know. I don't even know how you're doing it. How does the math work? I'm lost. Because we're trying to pick our identity. And guess what happens? Jesus. Lord, let's, let's, let's say it again. Matthew 7, when he tells us, if you build your house on a firm foundation, that's because you've obeyed my word. It's on the rock. It's on a firm foundation. Guess what happens? The storm comes. 
the winds beat, everything happens, but that house stands because it's built on a firm foundation. Again, what's the firm foundation? Those who've heard these sayings of mine and have done them. But guess what happens over here when you build your house on the sand? Those who hear these sayings of mine and do not do them. When we don't receive what his word has to say, we're built on a shaky foundation. So what we are doing often is trying to identify ourselves, define ourselves based upon finite man's understanding, which is wholly insufficient to do this because we don't see beginning from end. We don't have all the information and data even. But our God, our faithful Father, tells us this is who you are. You would do well to receive it. Because guess what? You don't know everything. (laughs) And neither do I. But guess who does? The one who then comes and posits that to us, our identity. This is who you are. Because the beauty of this, I had preached a message to our youth uh, about two years ago um, about cheeseburgers. They are just like, what? Like, come on, we know you like food, but we didn't know you like food that much. And the reason why we had this message, I had all these pictures of different kinds of cheeseburgers. And I said, there's a handful of things that make all of these the same as a cheeseburger. But there's some variance in what goes on. I mean, come on, let's be honest with ourselves. If you got the chance, I know you might be off the train here, but let me help you. If you got the chance to have a, a regular old McDonald's cheeseburger, and then you got a chance to have a fully loaded burger from Relish, like, I'm going to have to pray for you if you pick in the McDonald's cheeseburger. I'm just saying, okay? But there are elements that make them both cheeseburgers. There are elements that make us all human beings made in God's image, identified by him, identified with him. And then there's some specificity that each of us has, right? We got different shades, different flavors, different hairstyles. I had to cut my hair yesterday because it was getting out of control. Um, Different hairstyles, some like this song, some like that song, different in lots of different ways, but still identified in him. So we have this crisis in our culture in which we have young people now. I don't know if I'm a boy. I don't know if I'm a girl. I don't know if I'm both. I don't know if I'm neither. I'm like, let me help you. You, You're definitely not neither because you're not a plant. Just going to put it out there. But there are some things that are obvious to us if you've had the revelation. Listen to me. Listen to me, church. Don't get prideful and think, that's just dumb that you would even think that. I know. Be careful that you don't think you know because you had some special wisdom of yourself. It's because of the revelation of what the Lord has shown you why that's obvious to you. I remembered walking down the hallway in my house when my kids were, 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 were a few of them were more, more more little than they are now. I got one, maybe one little, little one now. I got a three-year-old. She's still fun. You saw her down here. She wants to jump and spin and do circles during worship over here, so I could reel her back in. But um, as I was walking through the hallway, a couple of them, I think maybe Kylas and Kimora were, were little guys, at toddlers at that age, and I just stopped. It was like, Holy Spirit, stop me in the middle of the hallway. And it was like I had this overwhelming sense to say, Lord, thank you that I'm in my right mind. And I don't mean in a general sense. I mean the fact that I know you. 
I said, I could be walking down this hallway thinking I have the answers and I am the end all be all. And that I have all the wisdom to train these children. I could be walking down this hallway thinking that. I could be walking down this hallway thinking that somehow I have the knowledge to know how to love my wife, how to cover her and lead her as best. No, he does. And I'm so grateful that that's the case. And so I encourage you as you receive this wisdom and God's identity, say, man, thank you, Lord. It's not because I'm so smart. Any smart that's in me is because of he. <laughs> and that, that wasn't proper grammar, but it worked. It just rhymed. Um, any of that is because of what he has done. Okay, what is another lie in the culture? I am who I say I am rather than the, who God who says, says I am. I, you know that song we sing? I am who you say I am. Too many people walking around saying, I am who I say I am. That's a lie. It's a lie, Stephen. That's Sinatra Libre. Any of y'all who didn't see it, it's a funny movie. If you have two hours to waste, I mean, literally waste probably, but you'll, you'll laugh in the process. And, and a merry heart does good like medicine, says the scripture. Okay, there you go. Laugh. <laughs> It's, it's a lie, man. We are not who we say. It, we are who he says. Which is why it takes the, 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 the passage here in Genesis 1.26 takes that pain to say three times that we are in his image, not our own. Okay? Not just look at the cute little creation I can make. No, no, no. Specifically in my image. Male and female. Male and female. If you ever wonder why it's a struggle right now, it's because it goes right back to the beginning of the process. Why this whole thing of, of gender and sexuality is a big deal? Because come on, bro, the first things that he tells us relate to that. So if I can kick out the foundations from the beginning, then I don't have to worry about the stuff later. It's going to eventually crumble. And that's been the work of the enemy ever since, which is why we have to realize that and then go back to what does he say in the roadmap he gives us. Second one. Why am I here? Purpose. Why am I here? We're called to fulfill God's design for our lives, for his glory and our good. We're called to fulfill God's design for our lives, for his glory and our good. Again, back to the same passage, 126 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Here's the other piece. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the cattle, for all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said, here we go. Everybody grab your pen, underline, circle, type it in your phone, whatever. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. Let man have dominion. We are called to be God's co-laborers in the earth. Pastor Tad, somewhere in the building, amen in me and having a hallelujah hold down, I'm sure. That's one of his favorite things to speak of in the kingdom is that we are called to work in the kingdom as God's co-laborers. Yeah. Okay? We're not as equals, but he's the one who's created us and then dispatched us for such work, which will then glorify and honor him, but will be for our good. 
Okay, where we get off track is we actually think sometimes that if I take my path, I'm sure because I can see, I can touch, it's really close to me that I know this would be better for me. Said just about everybody in a split second before they did any sin in their life. Hello? We think every time that's the problem with sin. Sin, when you go back to the definition, archery term, missing the mark. So what we do over and over is we think we have the right direction for our lives and we choose this thing which ends up being sin. And because it's sin, it misses the mark of what God has, therefore it doesn't glorify God and it's also not for our good either in the process. And the consequences might come out super ugly in the natural for some things and others it might not. Either way, when we bow to that and continue in that, we are not in Him. And trust me, eternity is not going to go so well when we are not in Him. We're off the mark. The Lordship of Christ has not been established in our lives. So we are called to these things, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over fish and sea. Man is called to have dominion over the earth, but under whose authority? The Lord's. Not for our glory, for his. Then let's move into chapter 2. Let's slide down to verse 15. What we see is all of God's creation happen in Genesis 1. And then we see in chapter 2 this very specific piece of the narrative that speaks of man in detail. And part of that is in verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and keep it. To work and keep it. That phrase there, to work and keep it, we get so limited. We think it's just God gave the guy a shovel and a hoe and a pickaxe and whatever else, and he's going to do this. It speaks prophetically of the fact that man is to work and keep the earth. And there's a measure of that which is about preserving. So we're not supposed to let the earth go to hell in a handbasket. For every believer who thought your responsibility was to go home, hold your Bible, pray, watch all of it burn around you, mistake. Let me say it again. If you thought your responsibility was to go home, take your Bible, memorize scriptures, pray, and then watch the world burn around you and say, oh, it's all going to hell anyway. Mistake. We're still called to work and keep this earth. That's why I have such a heart. You guys will hear me talk about business owners, business owners and entrepreneurs who are creating and giving people work to do. It is not just that we would say, ah, I want to make more cash. It's because they're expressing the creative gifts of God for his glory, for his honor, and continuing to expand that work. And some of you business owners, Kudos to you who've understood that it's bigger even than the task at hand because you realize you glorify the Lord. So you guys are having Bible studies and prayer sessions with your employees. Why? Because you know the business ain't about you. It's about him. And then in him, how many more people can come into the kingdom and do what? Turn and glorify the Lord because we're called to work and keep the earth. It wasn't a statement about God's Adam and Eve, you guys are going to be awesome gardeners, and one day HGTV's going to call you for a show. <laughs> it's about working and keeping this world that we live in. So some of y'all, when you go and love on a kid, it's working and keeping the earth. When Justin does what he does, coaching young men, and Justin's passion is not just to win games, one of the things I love about his heart, he wants to see young men raised up for the kingdom of God. Right. However far they might look, and they're going to look like a mess, Justin knows and he's in the middle of the season. I've watched him kick their butts sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the mindset is that I'm tending and keeping the earth for the glory of the Lord. 
Now, pointing people to say, be redeemed. Walk in what God has for you. Glorify him in all things. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way. Let's go into some New Testament here. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for... Say it. Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should... Isn't that interesting that he says that in that passage? We're created for good works that we should walk in them. Why would you need to say that? (laughs) Think about it. Because we are people. And guess what people do? We're going to read through the first part of that verse and say, man, we're created for good works and we're done. And we don't actually get up and walk in them. There is a putting the feet in front of each other to do good works. Every mama with a baby in diapers, hear me right now. Put your foot in front of each other and care for that little one. Because one day, that will be a man or a woman standing in front of you who will either declare the name of the Lord or not. Don't get, don't get caught. I know. It's a lot of poop, dude. <laughs> Listen, I have six, man. We know. There has been more poo come through my house than many. Those diapers, the food, and the food bill doesn't get any smaller. My food bill just went up again because these cats don't know how to stop eating. (laughs) I was like, didn't you guys just eat? You're going to do it again? Okay. Cool. (laughs) But realize then there's one day you will have either a man or woman of God standing in front of you or one who you got to fast and pray and say, oh, God. Have mercy, please. Because trust me, you won't really care at that point if your kid's not redeemed, not walking with the Lord. You're not going to really care about how many accolades they had, how well they did in school or any activities. You're not going to care how cute they were, all those picture sessions you took. You're not going to care. Those are fun, and they're great. I was sitting in my bed the other night looking at a couple of our pictures from photo shoots, and I was like, man, my family's so beautiful. Damn, my wife is fine. Goodness. Look at that. And look how cute those kids are, even when they're being jerks sometimes. But it's okay. The Lord helps me walk through that because I'm a jerk sometimes too. Okay. We all got our stuff. But I was looking at the pictures and I'm like, oh, man, what a beautiful thing. It's good. Because guess what? The scripture also says that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. Come on. Don't feel bad if you're going to go watch a football game. Watch a football game. Enjoy it. Don't let it become an idol. But enjoy it. If you're going to go eat some barbecue, you better go get the best barbecue. Don't get none of that half-rate stuff. Big box, not really smoked well. and Yeah, whatever. Luke's giving me an amen right now on that. But seriously, for, for God's all things to his glory and to his honor. And so as we get this reality of good works, what are those good works that you've called us to walk in, Lord? And then begin to continue to walk in those. Be in your word, be in prayer, be loving, be walking and be in serving and and, and be in the the place of work that you've been given, doing it with excellences unto the Lord. Don't say like, oh God, this job. No, say this is where God has me right now. God, why am I here? If I'm miserable, why am I here right now? It might be because he's teaching you to not be miserable in that place. It might be more about you than everybody else. I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens on that one. But sometimes we got to look and say, what are you doing, Lord? Because you're doing a work. You've called me for your purpose, which is to glorify you, to lift you up, to declare what? We're called to fulfill that design for our lives, for his glory and our good. 
And let me get into another one here in the process. What did he say in verse 28? Be fruitful and multiply. If you ever wonder why the abortion question is a huge one, it is just about getting back to Genesis 1 and the enemy kicking at the foundations one more time. Why? Because I can determine when life begins. No, you can't. I can determine what's the best direction for my life. No, you can't. I was grieved to hear this woman who went on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago saying, the reason and the glory of which I'm here in this moment to make you laugh and perform on stage was because I was able to have that abortion I had, which set me free to do what I needed to do. What? What? That's thinking we have the ability to take it into our own hands. You know, to quote my friend Jim Gilbert, love you, Jim, if you're here or if you're on camera at home, he said the greatest example you can look at when we talk about the apple being taken from the tree, he said that man took law into their own hands. I'm going to take it into my own hands. God's command isn't good enough. I've got to take it into my own hands. Yeah, I hear you, God. We'll pray after, but I'm going to go ahead and take care of business right now. I'm in my third year of college, and I didn't really mean to get pregnant, so, you know, so I don't get stuck with this choice. I'm going to go to this Planned Parenthood over here and take this chance to have an abortion because I know better about the timing of when a baby should come. I know better about what my life should look like. I'm going to go up here. I'm going to take that fruit. Step up here and make things happen because I know better. No, we don't. We don't. He does. So what are the lies that are told us along with that one? I'm the captain of my fate. I'm the maker of my destiny. I get to determine what happens in my life, in my existence. I'm going to make myself a place in this world. I'm going to shout loud my truth. Because my truth is what's really valid. My truth is what really relates to me. My truth is really what's going to carry me. Lie, lie, lie. Every time. And we got to be able to understand that for ourselves as believers and then present that to the world. No, we don't have the ability in ourselves and we don't have that truth within ourselves. It is his truth that we get to receive. It's another lie. I can do what makes me feel good and is most authentic to how I feel. Let's remind you what gentle Jesus, who some people think would let you do whatever you want, Jesus said, out of the heart. I would say y'all don't want me to say it because it's strong, but it's in the Bible, so it's all good. Out of the heart proceed what? Murders, adulteries, all manner of wickedness. Your Bible says. Out of the heart proceed these things. And we are in a culture currently telling us, follow your heart. Everything that's in your heart to do authentically. I just got to be real with me and do what I want to do. I know the rest of y'all are telling me this isn't the best thing for me and the Bible said this, but I got to just come out and do my thing. Come on, God. You know, I mean, 
it's fine, me and this girl are going to get married one day. I know we're having sex now, but you know, I mean, it totally works for us. Who, who told you that? Oh, I can tell you who does. Do what you want. Satan, is that you? No, no, it's not me. <laughs> we actually think then he's going to identify himself? When he lies to you, the father of lies, he's going to identify himself and say, well, that was me. You know, in case you want to try doing it, John, it's, uh, it was me. You could put my name on it. No. He'll come tell you a lie and then be like, that was, that was God. Lie. That was God, yes. You can lift a hand and do it. Praise the Lord. Spin in circles and sweat for Jesus. All the while working toward your destruction because it is not what God had. We got to know what does he say about us? Not what the enemy says and not what we think we should say about ourselves. Last one is order. How do we live and what happens when we die? Two questions together in this one. Listen to this. We're called to function under God's authority and design in how we live as redeemed children of God. We're called to function under God's authority and design in how we live as redeemed children of God. Let's go back into Genesis 2 again, verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You, listen to this close, may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So this tree is here of the knowledge of good and evil in which man is told to not take into his own hands this idea of good and evil because we couldn't handle it. You see, we thought we could. Think about it. Even right now, some of us struggle as believers to think, God, why wouldn't God want us to be able to discern that on our own? Okay, leave the building and open your whatever news source app you have, and that's your answer. Go over the last 18 to 20 to 24 months in our country, and that's your answer. When we think we can take it into our own hands and figure it out, that's what we get. Yeah. That's what we get. Yeah. We get death and destruction. And listen, some of it doesn't show up right now. Right. Some of the bills get paid way later. The most scary one is for everything to go really well. There's things that scares me for some people whose lives in the natural we even will look at and it seems like they're going so well. I would shudder to think that I could make it to standing in the presence of God and for him to say, nah. But everybody else is praising me. I got awards. I had money. My wife stayed around. I stayed around with her. We didn't play, cheat on each other. Maybe a little. And then show up in front of God to hear, depart from me. I didn't know you. Why? Because your standard was not his. And the standard for you to come in is not because you're so good. Right. It's to do good works upon receiving his identity placed on you, which comes now after the fall in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ has made a way for us to come. And then when we receive that, we receive you, Lord. We get up and then walk in what we just read in Ephesians 2.10, which is to get up and do good works, which what? He prepared beforehand so that you should walk in them. And they do what? They glorify God, and they're for your good. Yeah. As you live out what he's called you to. 
But we can't go about saying, oh, you know, I can kind of take it into my own hands and do my own thing. Not what we're called to do. So he says, but of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, surely you shall die. Let's slide down here a little bit now. Into chapter 3, this is where we see the fall of man and where this really enters into what we have dealt with for years and years and years as human beings. 368 says this, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. So when the serpent has come, tempted Eve, Adam's there with her. She takes the fruit, they both together eat. They've now broken the command of the Lord. But the greater thing when you look at it is not just God said, don't do that, and you did that. It was that they took into their hands the idea and the ability to discern between good and evil. That which should have only come from the Lord in relationship with him and direction and instruction from him under his authority and not our own. We cannot adjudicate right, wrong, and justice for ourselves. We have a subjective view of justice going here, there, and everywhere in our country, at least right now. I can't speak for other ones. I live here. Everybody who has another word about justice, what does it look like? We would do well to go back to what he says and be under his authority. And that's the beginning point for any justice that comes, is that we come and submit to the Lord. Not that we take it into our own hands and try to figure it out ourselves because we don't have the ability to do it, guys. So I might go into your space a little bit more. As you interact with these friends, as you see situations happen, please do not be led by what you feel is best. Come on. I'm chief among them. We do what we feel feel is best rather than say this is what the word has to say my emotions will follow emotions are a blessing right all the s personalities in here were like yeah totally you know you can give a hug and like oh, i really see where that person is and you get and then the people who are like super hardcore d personality with no, no, not much of that s personality are like just get it done bro you're fine get over it right we got like the two extremes but emotions are a blessing they're a blessing from the Lord. I, I trust that one day when I stand here for my kids' weddings and, and, and each of them gets married, that, you know, there'll be a tear down the cheek, a couple maybe sobbing. <laughs> and that's a blessing, but it's useless if it does not follow truth. I'm going to say it again. It's useless if it doesn't follow truth. And that's what we're facing a lot of times with these issues that we look at in culture is that we are trying to adjudicate those based on what feels best to us while trying to quote a scripture or two maybe and then going to the world and saying, guys, we ought to live by God's word. Guess what that makes us? Double-minded. What does the Bible say about a double-minded man? unstable in in how many ways all oh jesus you don't want to hear that it says you're unstable in all your ways because you're double-minded and that's how we find ourselves sometimes when we don't understand and get to this place of the fact that it's the word of god that leads us in these things so what does it say after that then their eyes were opened 
And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Listen to this. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I don't want to be in his presence when sin is what rules my life. And it was first experienced there for Adam and Eve in that situation. God wants us to be with him in his presence, but we take to ourselves the ability to adjudicate right and wrong, justice, etc., and then we are not with him. And in particular, we haven't come to Christ. So we got to be talking to a world saying, you got to come to Christ. And then once you come to him, we are under his direction and his rule. He is Lord of all. Lord of all. My girl Sarah reminded me of the old statement from back in the day the other day. Either he's Lord of all or he ain't Lord at all. We would like a partial Jesus. We like a little bit of Jesus, right? Jesus light. You know? Clint, way back in the day, we had a drama team and Clint did a skit called Discount Jesus. And I was like, what was that about? And what it was, was the tagline in the skit said, man, we love Jesus, but not too much. We obey him, not too much. That's a hard truth to get sometimes, right? Because the place where you got to deal with it is the place where you wanted to do what you wanted to do. And that's what the culture is looking at right now. Everybody can say, man, I got all these areas of the scripture. That's good. I like that. I like that. I like that. Until it comes down to the thing you have to deal with. And then you're like, ah. <laughs> I was just playing. I was just playing. We come back to that place because that's the thing you have to deal with. You know, the rich young ruler didn't get asked what he got asked by Jesus because he had an issue in some other area of his life. He got asked that because that was the area that he needed to deal with. That was the item. And what I've been saying to you guys in here, coming under God's authority. You bowing at this idol's feet does not allow you to bow at the feet of the Most High. You've laid yourself out in worship before your idols. And we think somehow because we, we're not over here cutting ourselves, offering babies for sacrifice. Well, I'll take that back. We are offering babies for sacrifice in this country. We don't call it that, but the, 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 the altar of self and convenience, and I know the better timing, it doesn't matter how that baby got here, God is all wise. But we know, we know better because we want to be under our own rule, however quietly we guard it. And I implore you, I beg you today, don't leave here thinking that that's the case. You don't get that option. We have a freedom that's limited under the direction that we get from our Lord. But man, what a good father. It was simple when Chris Tomlin sang it, but it's true. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, yeah. You're a good, good father. I think I'm in the same key as him on the piano. It's who you are, yeah. It's who you are, yeah. It's who you are. 
So Lord, I can surrender myself to you and trust you and know that you're a good father. Lastly today, I'm going to skip a couple of my scriptures I had. I want to go to John 17, 3. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You know, as we look at all these different things, and I talk about this idea, and like I said, you know, hey, tell your neighbor to pay attention. You can see we got a little schoolwork going today. Not a whole lot of shouting it down, amens. But there are principles that we need to look at the word and see. And as we see them, one of the beautiful things that every part of this roadmap that leads us to what God says, leads us right to Jesus Christ. You know, he's referred to, and some of you might not know this, as the second or the last Adam. Because what did God said about doing when he sent Christ? He said about a restoration to remind us, this is what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be this, in my image for my glory. But I cannot abide that with sin in which you've taken the law into your own hands to be your own authority. So I have to remind you that as you come into Christ, you are now, what, born again. You're now born again because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, that if we're in Christ, we're a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. So then as I come into him, I get to then say, okay, now look back. Where did we start today? My identity is found in Christ. My purpose is found in Christ. And the order for my life and how I live is found in Christ. Not me, not according to my own authority, not according to the way I would answer the questions myself, but according to what does he say in his awesomeness, in his greatness, in his power. Come on, stand with me this morning. In everything about who he is, he has answered these things for us. And the question mark we have to fulfill today and, and we have to deal with today is whether or not I'll receive what he says over what I say. What he says over what the world says. What he says over what the propensity of my feelings say. What he says over what the pressure of the culture or politics or TV or Hollywood says. Will I receive that or will I receive what he says? And so the question, I bring you back to what Pastor was talking about last week, Lordship. I argue this often with people from the Word. I said, you worry about coming and saying, Jesus, you are my Lord, and He'll be your Savior. But if you only ever come saying, save me, save me, save me, and you have no interest in His Lordship, you will not receive Savior. So I encourage you this morning, lift your hands and say it. He's an awesome God. He's worthy. He's faithful. He's holy. We're going to take another minute, and I didn't plan this, but we're going to sing that song. Give me those lyrics again. We're going to sing that, that song again. Such an awesome God. Because I want us to seal this word saying, Lord, you are above all. You are in all. You are through all. You are the one who understands and knows. And we come to you to worship you and to glorify and to honor you and you alone. Come on, say it. 
You're such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful, yeah. Such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so Come on, say it again. Such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, and so wonderful. Such an awesome God, so selfless, and so generous, so This morning, we thank you, Lord, that you are so awesome and faithful and holy. And Lord, I pray in two ways this morning. I pray for every believer to be shored up, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, that their identity, that their purpose and the order of their life is found in Christ, and that your word and your spirit are sufficient for us to walk out who we're called to be and what we're called to do. And Father, then I pray for those who don't know you. I cry out, I say, bring a saving work into their life. And I pray over them today, Lord, that in their heart, Lord, as the word says, in their heart, they would honor Christ the Lord as holy and turn to you. And so I pray over them this morning, Lord, those who need to turn their hearts to you will. And they're going to lift a hand, lift a voice, whatever it is, Lord, and say, Lord, I need you. And so if that's you this morning, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Lord, I declare over those who need your salvation work, Lord, let that salvation work come into their lives. As they turn to you, as they confess you, as they turn from their sin and declare that you are Lord of all creation and that you are also Lord of our lives, that you bring salvation into them. And I declare over them that they will confess with their mouth and believe in their heart in Christ Jesus. And you do that work that you do of salvation in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for saving many. I thank you also for guiding us, leading us, and equipping us as believers in this house today. We take a moment, we pray over our brothers and sisters and other church families today, God. I declare not one minute wasted, Father, in those houses on the things of man but only on the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. Let those houses operate, God. Over every man of God today, I declare they lead their house well. Over every man of God in every church today, God, I declare they lead their homes well. I declare that men and women know the roles and the responsibilities you've given them in the kingdom of God to live out unto your glory and to your honor, Lord, so that we can be a people who answer the questions of our generation saying, yes, in Christ, we live and we move and we have our being. And so thank you today for a great day. I bless this house and declare, God, that we will live unto your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's have a shout. Man, thank you guys for hanging in with me today. I know we had a lot to go over, but for those of you who pray today, and you turned and received that voice. 
that speaks salvation to you in Christ. We want to encourage you to reach out to us. I think we have a slide that will go up here that if you pray to receive Jesus, that if you've received the work of salvation in your life, that you don't try to walk it by yourself. We have lots of groups. We have people who can disciple faithfully you in this house. Do not try because guess what? That voice I was talking about over here, the enemy comes right back to whisper again. And he ain't going to tell you it's him. He just wants to draw you into a life away from the Father. So my prayer for you is receive this opportunity to connect with us, man, find another brother, sister, a group to be able to be discipled and walk in the ways of the Lord. And then as we do together, man, it is such a beautiful thing and a glorious thing for us all to live out in this purpose. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a good day. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.